Support for this podcast comes from Aramark. Whether your company is constantly battling for the top talent in your space, or you're worried about keeping employees on board following the COVID-19 shutdown, it's imperative you develop a strategy for recruiting and retaining employees. It just makes good financial sense. Labour turnover can cost your company up to 33% of employees' annual salaries, and that adds up fast. That's why Aramark, the top provider of healthy and delicious food options in dynamic dining environments, created a guide that reviews the top trends for recruiting and retaining talent. And you can get a free copy for being a Recruiting Future podcast listener. You know you can trust Aramark's insights since they offer customer service across food, facilities and uniforms wherever people work, learn, recover and play. Their 280,000 team members deliver experiences that enrich and nourish the lives of millions of people in 19 countries around the world every day. For your copy of the guide, just head to bit.ly slash Aramark Insights. It covers the top seven trends and it's free to download. That URL again, bit.ly slash Aramark Insights. And Aramark is spelt A-R-A-M-A-R-K. There's been more of scientific discovery more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 272 of the Recruiting Future podcast. I know that many of you listening will be resetting your talent acquisition strategies for a changed future. Whatever that future looks like for your business, I want this podcast to be a valuable resource for you. So in the coming weeks, I will be bringing you stories, advice and inspiration from both inside and outside of our industry. My guest on this episode is Mike Burland, the founder and CEO of research data and analytics firm Decode M. Mike's work with well-known organisations and politicians has helped him become an expert on brand and personal momentum, something that I think all talent acquisition teams are going to need in the weeks and months ahead. Hi, Mike, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Uh, I'm Mike Berlin. I'm the CEO and founder of a company called Decode M, which we decode data into momentum. I'm also an author of a book that just came out called Maximum Momentum, which is all about how to have momentum in your professional and your personal life. Fantastic stuff. I'm going to ask you lots of questions about momentum in a second. But before I do, could you just give us a little bit of your backstory? How did you get to, to do what you do now? Well, actually, I started as a political pollster uh, in the 90s, working for both Hillary and Bill Clinton. I then worked for Mayor Bloomberg. And my whole life, I wanted to be a kingmaker and not a king. I knew um, initially I had thought about actually being a king and running for office and being a politician. 
And after losing two elections, I realized that the king can lose, the king can get shot. And the only thing that happens is that the king is dead. But if you're a king maker and you're working with different um, kings, or in my case, politicians or corporations or what have you, then you could go from king to king and have a nice uh, long career. That makes a lot of sense. So tell us about momentum. What, what, is that, what does that mean from, from, from your perspective? How do people get it? How do people keep it? But I, I suppose, first and foremost, what, what, do you, what do you mean by momentum? Yeah, well, as a political pollster, which is how I started. So what's a pollster do? A pollster uh, writes questionnaires, then asks people questions, analyzes the data, and helps run campaigns. What are people's attitudes and opinions? What are they uh, thinking and how can we craft messages to persuade them? So I was in the business of persuasion. Over time, what happened was the industry changed. So um, early on, there was no uh, social media. So the only way that we could find out what people were thinking was to ask some questions. As, the, as social media and the internet became a much more important part of people's lives, we didn't have to ask people's people questions. We could actually see what they were talking about. We could understand what the conversations were, the attitudes, the opinions, and their behaviors. And so the trick really was, is how could you analyze that information? How could you quantify that information? And how could you um, decode it into what the actions were? And so where momentum came from, and momentum is not a new concept. Momentum has been the, uh, is, has been the uh, study of motion that's been around since Sir Isaac Newton uh, in the 1200s. So it's not a, a new concept, but being able to quantify momentum in a communication standpoint was. So Sir Isaac Newton said momentum equals mass times velocity, right? And so, they, and, and so um, uh, physicists could understand how things moved. So in communications, um, people would use the word momentum all the time, but didn't have a definition. So we were able to quantify it. it was, um, and so that uh, mass equaled volume and velocity equaled a, a engagement and sentiment and put them together. And so we were able to take an emotional term, I have momentum, I've lost momentum, and turn it into something quantified. And give me some examples of how, how that works from a, from a, from a company or a, or a corporate perspective. Well, mo momentum can be translated into so many different ways, which is what we loved about it. There can be uh, momentum for your brand, momentum for your products, but there can also be momentum for yourself. There can be personal momentum. And what we find is that there are so many benefits of momentum. When you have momentum, people want to collaborate with you. People want to be part of your organization. People allow you to take risks. When you have momentum, you can actually try and fail and people will give you permission to, to try again. And it's the same thing with, with a brand. People want your brand. People want to pay more for your brand. They'll believe that you're innovating. And so what we found is that momentum is absolutely essential to growth of a business, success in a career, and uh, fulfillment. 
for my audience, there's probably uh, two aspects of that that would be very relevant. Personal momentum, obviously, in what's a very difficult time for for everyone, but also the the brand momentum of the employers that they that they work for in terms of being able to attract sort of top talent in the future. So it will be good to sort of talk about those two aspects of it. So could we sort of talk about the the, the brand momentum part of this? I mean, how how do you get it? How do you measure it? How do you maintain it? Well, brand uh, momentum. First of all, there's there's um, five momentum drivers that are absolutely uh, essential to understand: uh, disruption, innovation, polarization, stickiness, and social impact. And you have to understand how you perform in each of those drivers. Then, uh, understanding what is the actual uh, mass of how your brand is doing. So what's the volume of the conversation? Are people, um, uh, are you having, are you reaching a large audience? And then the second part, which is where the movement comes from, is the velocity. Are people engaging? Are you sparking a conversation? Uh, Do they want to be a part of it? And so many brands today have mass which is they've, 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 they've got significant market share or they have a large audience or they have the, the good volume, but they don't have the velocity to keep it moving forward. And, and, and so they're, they're stalled. On the other hand, we see some brands that have very little mass, but create tremendous velocity. And their challenge is to turn that velocity, that engagement, that polarization, um, into mass and then continuously transform so they can keep their momentum moving. And that's one of the most important parts of momentum is that momentum requires continuous transformation. And we speak about three different types of movement. There can be a fad where, uh, if you, if you think about it, where you have tremendous velocity and you're moving straight up and then all of a sudden you don't transform. You don't create the mass and you drop. And uh, uh, so many things are the best example I use of a fad here in America. Is, think about the fanny pack. Everybody had it. They used it. And then all of a sudden it just drops off. Fashion can o- oftentimes be a fad. And, you know, what's hot now and then uh, next season, it's not hot. The second type of momentum can be a trend where something starts to move up it becomes uh, the velocity is high, the mass gets high, but it doesn't keep moving. It just gets integrated into the culture. And, and that can be something like all this discussion around uh, veganism and food and what have you, something that was very, uh, had a lot of velocity and all of a sudden is now just no longer exceptional. It's just what it can be expected. And then there can be uh, true momentum. And the, the best example to understand true momentum would be something like the Apple iPhone, which is, it's a cliche a little bit, but it makes the visual of it continually, continuously transform. And even if you have Apple phone uh, eight, you want or iPhone eight, you want iPhone nine or you want iPhone 10. And so there's continuous momentum for the brand. And those three, those three examples 
really allow you to understand momentum. That makes a lot of lot of sense and is a, is a great way of explaining it. I suppose that third category of momentum, like the iPhone has, how do you achieve and and, and maintain that? Well, it it, re- it requires uh, using those five drivers of what's your innovation, what's your disruption. You have to you you have to continuously reinvent yourself and go to that next level and. What's interesting is if you wait until you're at the top of your momentum, it's going to be hard to do the transformation. You almost have to disrupt your own brand or your own self while you're uh, ascending so that you can get to the next level and go through the transformation. I suppose pulling this into a personal perspective in terms of personal momentum. So we're going through very disruptive times. People are working from home. People are thinking, you know, worrying about about their careers. How does this translate to an individual and and, and their work during the the current crisis? Well, I think personal momentum uh, has never been more important than it is right now. Um, from a whole world perspective, we've been disrupted. The way that we interact, the way that we think about ourselves, the way that we uh, socialize with other people, the places that we work. So we're going through a mass disruption. And so how do you, which, which could lead to mass stagnation, Right? So that's the opposite of momentum when you're completely stagnant. So how are you going to maintain your momentum or build momentum in uh, today's world? And you really have to use the drivers more than anything. So in polarization, um, you have to, um, what it really means is I choose one style over another, one philosophy over another, one way of being uh, separate and unique from others. And it, 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 it requires that as, as the environment switches, how are you going to stay relevant? You also have to think about what's your innovation? How are you going to keep changing and, and, and growing and not get stuck in a rut? And it's um, particularly for people who are at both ends of their career, whether you're just starting your career within the first five years or whether you're 25 years into your career, those are the times when the innovation is the toughest because when you're very young, you're sort of stuck in a role. And when you're uh, uh, more experienced, you're stuck in a rut. Both of those are dangerous. And how do you do uh, innovation? Then there's there's stickiness. What's really going to define you when you're not going to be present uh, as as much? And how can you do it? And then finally, um, what's your impact going to be? How are you going to have a higher purpose? And I think that going through the disruption is is, is, uh, uh, is not enough. You have to manage yourself, your company, your, um, your team more than ever in this type of environment where there is no playbook and there is no um, prior experience. And I think that's an interesting point, and uh, I kind of want to uh, zoom in on that from 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 a leadership perspective. So, lots of people out there have their have their teams working remotely. In the first phase of that, it was very much all about logistics. Has everyone got the right technology? How much can people work in their in their home environment? 
etc etc as as we kind of sort of set in for the for the long term of this what should what should how should leaders be thinking and how should they be using this kind of thinking about momentum to to motivate and get the best out of their teams in in very difficult circumstances well i think the first thing is um while the transition was a logistics transition like can my person do they have access to their files can they work what type of work are they doing the that transition is over and now they um i think it's incumbent on all of us to have a new way of managing thinking and teaching people how to work remotely it's working remotely requires a different set of skills working remotely requires uh an individual to control their uh, sort of agenda for themselves, which is not their calendar in their office. It's it's what are they going to do that day? Because they're not part of the issue was they were going from one location to another location and sort of manage themselves. Now they're going from one room to another. So they have to set an agenda for the day of what they want to achieve personally and professionally. So it's not just the professional calendar that um, um, that guides them. Second of all, it's a much more task-oriented environment. It's, it's, it's not, um, at this point, it, we've got to go more task to task and collaborate where necessary, whereas before we would go collaborate, collaborate, task. And so the, the cadence has to change to allow for the change in environment. So you've you've kind of given us some some really good examples of brands that have mo- momentum. Could you you know give us some examples on an individual personal basis of people who do this really really well? Well, if we if we look at momentum masters, we have we have them in so many different forms. So musicians are uh, and 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 celebrities are very good um, momentum masters because we get bored of them. Like if they don't, if they don't transform and go on to something else, they can lose their relevancy. So in my, in my book, I talk about, um, politicians like, uh, Donald Trump here in the U S is a great momentum of a master of momentum, always going on to new things. We're watching, um, stars, uh, like uh, Lady Gaga right now is, is actually after losing her momentum for so many years is gaining it back. We can also see um, uh, some political figures like Greta. I mean, she's sort of amazing of how she's gained momentum and, and able to, to, to use the, the, the movement. But what's required for all, all successful people with personal momentum is, uh, is the fact that they transform. They can't, if you stay your same self, you will lose relevancy and people will move on because the environment changes, the issues change, people check off on, on, on what you've done and they can appreciate it, but they have to move to something uh, forward. And um, I'm, I'm always surprised when a, a brand or a person stagnates and they wonder why. And I said, well, what did you do differently? What did you do to keep your momentum going and they thought that it would just go on infinitely and it doesn't. And it's the same thing in personal uh, work. If you do the same work or if you're the same in your marriage 
or if you're saving your relationship, it won't go anywhere. And to, to flip this on its head, so for, for a lot of employers, companies out there at the moment, there'll be a, a sense of momentum about crisis within their, within their teams or within, within their organizations. How do you stop the momentum of, of a crisis and sort of flip that on its head? Well, that's the most interesting part. And, and when I analyze crisis, I realize that you can't stop a crisis full stop. You have to, you can lean into a crisis and change its momentum. And that's, that's a, that's the difference between now and even five years ago where you had much more control. Um, employees, employers have much more, uh, many more communication channels that are open. There's many more interactions that happen that we know about and back channels that we don't know about. So you can't, you can't just Flip a crisis, you can lean into it, understand it, be part of it, and move the momentum from one direction to another. Because momentum does not have a moral compass. Momentum is not always positive. You can have momentum going uh, uh, the wrong way. And that's a really important issue. So you have to lean into momentum and stop it. And if, if I take you back to uh, school days physics, the only way to stop momentum is with equal and opposite force. And so you can't just, you have to apply those forces to move it. Final question. Where can people find you, your work and your books? Uh, well, first of all, they can find me at decodem.com, D-E-C-O-D hyphen M.com. The book Maximum Momentum is available uh, on Amazon on, and uh, in any other online bookseller. And um, hopefully you can find us on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Instagram, all using the decode-m.com. Uh, and if you're so interested, you can find me on TikTok at Momentum Mike. Mike, thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you. My thanks to Mike Berland. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow us on Instagram. You can find the show there by searching for Recruiting Future. You can also listen and subscribe to the show on Spotify. You can find and search all the past episodes at www.recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. <laughs>